every time that I used cannabis and also ate, I felt so ill, like there was no in between. Welcome to Shoulders Down, a podcast about intuitive eating and living. I'm your host, Leah Kern, and I'm an anti-diet dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. In this podcast, you will learn to harness your body's innate wisdom to govern not just how you eat, but also how you live. It is my mission to help you heal your relationship with food and body so you can live your most aligned and fulfilling life. Welcome, and I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome back to Shoulders Down. Today is our first ever solo episode. In the beginning, when I started the podcast, I I had imagined doing more solo episodes, but so far we've been doing a lot of guest interviews and just kind of rocking with it because it's been working, it's been flowing. So how I plan to kind of pepper in the solo episodes. It's just going to be anytime there's a topic that I feel like would just be more appropriate to address solo. That's how I'm going to use them. And today is definitely one of those topics. So I really am so stoked to be addressing the topic that I'm addressing today. I feel like I've been wanting to do a deep dive on this topic, honestly, for quite some time. And the truth is, I think the taboo around this topic has held me back from really addressing it. But I also think I hadn't had the right platform previously to really go in on this. Instagram didn't feel like the right place. My newsletter didn't feel like the right place. I feel like the podcast is exactly the place to talk about this. So before I build up the hype anymore, let me tell you what we're talking about today. This episode is about all things cannabis and intuitive eating. And I have to like have a chuckle because when I say the word cannabis, the like teenager in me is like, Leah, why are you being so weird? Like, just say weed. Um, But I don't know. I feel like this is my podcast. It's official. I should be using the official term, which is cannabis. But I feel like throughout this episode, realistically, I'll probably just be using cannabis, weed, and marijuana interchangeably. So I just want to like have a little laugh about that up front. A little disclaimer before we get into today's episode, as always, all content in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. The information and education provided is not intended or implied to supplement or replace professional medical treatment, advice, and or diagnoses. And particularly for today's episode, just a little disclaimer in that like this episode isn't me trying to get you to use cannabis. It's really just intended for the folks who cannabis is already a part of their life and they are looking for a way to find more peace with their relationship with cannabis because their relationship with food gets in the way of them fully enjoying the experience of being high. So let's dive right in. I want to start with some background information as to why am I addressing cannabis and intuitive eating. So this episode is such a dream come true for me because I have spoken to so many human beings who have expressed that they have really struggled with eating way past comfortable fullness when high as a result of the munchies. And so many people have said like, this is so uncomfortable and it's so difficult to navigate. I know that I've struggled with this. Many, many of my clients bring this these concerns to me. And also I pulled my Instagram audience and it's clear that many folks in my greater Instagram audience are also struggling with this. So I am so looking forward to addressing what to me feels like a really big gap in sort of like the intuitive eating world. I think, again, there's this taboo attached. And so a lot of people are probably worried about addressing it. But the way I see it is that people use cannabis for all types of reasons, to help with pain, to help with anxiety, to help with their appetite, to help with stress relief, just to help let loose and enjoy and to help with creativity. There are so many reasons. And if you if cannabis is a part of your life, but you are struggling with these uncomfortable feelings of eating way past comfortable fullness, and it's really getting in the way of you enjoying your experience when high, I want to give you concrete tools and tips to help you address these things so that you can fully enjoy your experience using cannabis without these 
unwelcome side effects of feeling so uncomfortably stuffed. And as a result, I'm sure there's guilt and shame and sometimes even like the feeling of being so full can roll over into the next day. So that is how the idea for this podcast was born. It's really, again, a topic that I see not being addressed, yet I see so many people struggling with it. So I wanted to be able to bridge that gap. The very first thing I want you to know is that you are not alone if you struggle with this. If you are someone who feels like, why can I not get it together? Why is it that every time I smoke, I always end up feeling so uncomfortably stuffed, eating way past comfortable fullness. I like black out and come to and all of a sudden, you know, my hands at the bottom of the bag or at the bottom of the ice cream pint. And if you're wondering like, why am I like this? I want you to know this is really normal. This is really common. You are not alone. In fact, to give you some kind of concrete data, Um, I pulled my Instagram audience last week in preparation for this episode asking if the question was, do you struggle with eating past comfortable fullness when you use cannabis? The number, the last I checked, it was over 140 people in my audience said that this is something that they struggle with. And I'm sure that a lot more people didn't vote and it was something that they struggle with because of like the element of stigma attached. So just know, again, I cannot say it enough, you are not alone. So I want to first share a little bit about my personal experience with this, sort of like, okay, what gives me the right to be talking about this? Um, Well, obviously I'm a dietitian. If you're new here, hi, I'm an intuitive eating dietitian, but also the cannabis element. I'm just going to be open and honest and and share with you my experience with cannabis in my life, in the context of my relationship with food. So cannabis has been a part of my life for many years, and it was a part of my life before I had healed my relationship with food, during the time that I was healing my relationship with food, and now in the after period where I have healed my relationship with food and I am existing peacefully as an intuitive eater. So I want to start by sharing with you a little bit about what my relationship with food while high was like before I did the work to become an intuitive eater. So for me, this was in high school, this time period, and I can just remember pretty much any time that I smoked weed and there was food involved, I ended up uncomfortably stuffed. So I'll share with you that in high school, I worked at Panera Bread and Panera Bread, if you don't know, is like a bakery cafe situation and I would work the closing shift. So once we closed, any of the pastries that were left, the closers had the opportunity to take home. Um, Sometimes they would be donated, but often like there was so much being donated every night that there was just plenty of excess for employees to take. It was sort of like a perk of closing. And the pastries at Panera, if you're not familiar, are giant. They're like these, and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way, but just a fact, objectively, they're like these giant chocolate chip cookies and croissants and cinnamon rolls and scones and all the things. So when I would close Panera in high school, I would come home with like a big box of all the pastries that, you know, I got to take home. And I just remember bringing these home and... I have a a twin brother and him and I in high school would indulge in cannabis together sometimes. And I just remember often I would come home from my shift and him and I would smoke weed together and literally go berserk on these pastries. Like I remember just thinking, okay, tonight's the night I'm going to, I'm going to do this and I'm not going to feel uncomfortable. I'm just going to like stop when I'm full. It never happened. I was never able to do that because of my relationship with food. And we're going to go into the details of really what could be going on that could make stopping when you're full, when you're high, so difficult. So again, in my own experience, I just remember doing the classic, like breaking off a piece and being like, that's all I have. And then another piece and then another piece and then another piece. And then suddenly, you know, I've eaten like many giant pastries and feel physically ill. Okay, so that was kind of like pre-healing my relationship with food. There's so many more stories and memories, but like it can all be summarized by every time that I used cannabis and also ate, I felt so ill. Like there was no in between. Um, I feel like the need to shout this out. I had two close friends from high school who um, we would 
often participate in smoking weed together. And we had this snack that we would always have um, at my house, which was graham crackers, whipped cream, and frozen berries. Um, I think in my head, this was like a quote unquote, like healthier option back in my like disordered brain. I don't know why, because that's, you know, what my distorted thoughts like told me. Um, but again, I have memories of being like covered in like frozen berries. Like my lips were like blue from like the blueberries. And again, just feeling so physically uncomfortable from having so many of these graham crackers with whipped cream and frozen berries. So those are just like a few memories to give you a little peephole into that part of my world. Then eventually um, in early college, I discovered intuitive eating, did the work to heal my relationship with food. And I started to see my relationship with food while high really changing. So I think what, what, what had happened really was healing my relationship with food while sober was sort of like the first piece for me because, you know, like I found the way to be in touch with my body's cues. Everything felt, um, I, you know, started to click and made sense. And I, I was so excited to be an intuitive eater because life just felt more peaceful and more pleasant. But then what I would find was even when I felt like I really did the work to heal my relationship with food, I would find that when I was stoned and eating, I would still have these binges. And I was so frustrated because I was like, oh, like when I'm not high, I'm feeling so in tune with my body's cues and so able to stop when I'm full for the most part. But when I was high, I was like, all of that was out the window. And so What I came to understand, and we're going to talk about this more towards the end of this episode, is that healing your relationship with food while, you know, you have all your wits about you and you're sober and you're in sort of like normal attunement with your body's cues is one thing. But being able to eat intuitively under the context of what we call attunement disruptors, things like drugs that alter your senses, is a whole other ballgame. This is a completely different animal to tackle because when you are in an altered state, you have to relearn how to communicate with your body's cues in that altered state. So all of this to say that on my own journey, eating intuitively while stoned took a long time for me to be able to get there. Eventually, I was able to figure out what worked for me in a flow, and I'll be sharing some of those tips in, um, in this episode. So now in sort of like the aftermath I'm able to enjoy cannabis and to eat food while I'm high without ending up feeling physically ill because I've eaten past the point of comfortable fullness. That doesn't happen to me anymore. Like truly, I I can't remember the last time that happened and using cannabis is still a part of my life fairly regularly. So that's a little bit more about my personal story and sort of answering the question, question of like what gives me the right to be talking about this in the first place. I want to start the topic. I keep saying I want to start, but like we've already started. Whatever. I want to start this deep dive by examining the reason why high binges happen in the first place. In our episode from May 10th with Megan Lovely, the listener question that I answer in before that guest interview we talk about the reasons why binges happen in general that might be helpful for you to reference for a much deeper dive on why binges happen in general. But for the sake of this episode, we're talking about why do high binges happen. So the first reason why high binges happen is because you are either consciously or more often unconsciously using getting high as what I would call like a permission slip to eat your favorite foods. So this means that maybe, you know, when you're not high, you just kind of like are subtly restricting. But when you're high, all of a sudden you you kind of say to yourself again, often this is unconscious, something like, you know, well, I'm high, so I get to eat the munchy foods. I get to eat the ice cream or the chips or the cookies or whatever your munchy food of choice is. What this does is it registers as your brain as a form of restriction. So we see the same thing we see happen when a person is restricting because they're on a diet, restricting leads to binging. So if you are restricting the foods that you eat when you're high, then when you're high, your brain's like, we only get to have these when we're high. We need to go crazy and have so much right now because we might never be allowed to have this again in the future. 
so we're going to talk about how to address all of these things in in kind of like the next section, but that is the the first reason. And I would say it's the most common reason that I see with my clients of like they aren't allowing the, their high foods when they're sober. So when they're high, their brain's like, oh, we have to eat all of this now before it gets taken away. And the second reason why you might be having high binges is because you might, again, consciously or unconsciously be sort of like saving up eating for when you're high. So I've seen this happen many times in like my personal life amongst friends and, and stuff. People who kind of say to themselves, eating when I'm high is more pleasurable. So I'm gonna like save up and wait to eat till I'm high. Well, this can also lead to sort of like the restrict binge cycle because in a subtle way, you're restricting your eating when you're sober in preparation to sort of binge when you're high. And then you enter the experience of using cannabis at a a state of extreme hunger, of primal hunger, and then your body's natural compensatory response is to land you at a place of being overfull. This is what happens. Like the more hunger you enter an eating experience, it's like a pendulum. It's it's your body tries to correct by landing you equal in the opposite direction of fullness. You know, again, we'll talk about addressing this, but the sort of short answer here is don't enter an experience using cannabis absolutely ravenous. Like allow yourself regular meals and snacks as you get hungry throughout the day. Be aware of if you're doing this saving up in preparation for getting high. And the final reason, which I sort of already touched on in my personal experience with all of this, is because when you are high, you are out of touch with your body's cues in this altered state. This makes it harder to stop when you feel fullness because you're not as familiar with what fullness cues feel like, how they manifest when you are in this different state, this different bodily state. So again, I will give some tips following, but just a reminder that like getting down how your body cues manifest when sober is one thing. Getting down how your body cues manifest when in an altered state is a whole different ballgame. And so it takes time and intentional tuning in and practice to navigate this. Those are the three main reasons why high binges happen. This is again, like they're not teaching us this in the textbook, you know, in my dietetics classes and in the the training I took to become a certified intuitive eating counselor. Would be awesome if they were, and maybe one day we'll get there. Maybe I'll be like an intuitive eating and cannabis expert one day. Um, Spread the word, guys. That would be so cool. That's like such a dream job. But for now, this isn't stuff that's like being taught in curriculum. I am synthesizing what I've seen from my clients, my personal experience, and my experience in general as an intuitive eating dietitian. So again, those are the three reasons. Either you're using being high as a permission slip to eat your favorite foods, you're saving up eating for when high, which triggers the binge restrict mentality, and the third reason, because you're out of touch with your body's cues in this altered state. So now the question is, how do we navigate this? If you are a person who uses cannabis, know that I will never tell you, well, you just have to stop smoking weed. No, I do not vibe with that. Again, as I said earlier in this episode, cannabis has so many benefits um, and so many uses for folks with chronic pain and disability and all these different elements. And on top of that, like you might just be using it because it adds pleasure to your life. And I am totally here for that. So I am not here to point my finger and to say, don't do this, don't do that. I'm here to offer you some suggestions on how to be able to have this in your life without feeling ill every time you use it because you end up binging. So what I want to offer you with that being said, I want to offer you this idea that if you are at the beginning of your intuitive eating journey, I like to kind of think of this part of the journey as like, you still have your intuitive eating training wheels on. Like certain things are still going to feel difficult and shaky because the experience of intuitive eating is still relatively new for you. If this is you, I would consider thinking about a few things if if you're at this point in your journey. While you are still a beginner intuitive eater, while you still have those intuitive eating training wheels on, it could be very helpful to say to yourself, I am going to either, you know, choose to 
put smoking weed on the back burner right now while I get myself on my feet with my intuitive eating skills. Or another option is I'm going to commit to choosing not to eat while high because I know that being in that altered state will make it very hard for me to navigate my cues. And right now, as I'm trying to become an intuitive eater, I really want to work on getting this down in in a sober state, and then I will move to getting that down in a altered state. So if this is something that feels like within reach, I would consider entering your experience using cannabis fully fed. So like having, you know, a full meal before so that you can say to your brain, like we just ate, we're totally full and satisfied and nourished right now so that while you are high, you don't have like the biological need for energy or to eat. That is one option. Again, this can just help so that it's not discouraging because if you are new on the intuitive eating journey, it's easy to feel discouraged because you come from a history of dieting and dieting is so discouraging. You always feel like you're doing it wrong. You always feel like you're not enough. So in an attempt to have compassion with for yourself um, and be gentle with yourself while you're still new on the intuitive eating journey, choosing to either avoid cannabis again, just for the temporary, or to commit to saying to yourself, you know, I'm not going to eat one high. Um, I just know that that won't serve me in the beginning of my intuitive eating journey. Those are two options. So those are both only temporary fixes, right? Like like I said, I'm not going to tell you, you can never smoke weed and you can never eat when you're high. Those are temporary fixes that I would suggest if you're at the beginning of your intuitive eating journey. Now, how do we get you to a place where you can enjoy food while high without ending up feeling uncomfortable. My very first piece of advice is to incorporate your go-to high foods when you're not high as well. So this will take away the heightened allure that your quote-unquote like munchy foods have because as we spoke about with that number one reason why people are binging when when high is because they're using being high as a permission slip. So if you're using being high as a permission slip, that means you're only allowing yourself certain kinds of foods when high or like the permission to eat unconditionally went high because, you know, it's like, quote unquote, like the munchies and I want to capitalize on this experience of having heightened senses or whatever. So what I would encourage you to do is say, okay, what are the foods I'm always binging on when I'm high? Let me make an effort to have those when I'm not high too, to have them in the fridge, you know, to have them as a part of my snacks and desserts and and meals or whatever it is. This will help signal to your brain like, hey, these foods are always allowed. It's not that they're only allowed when we're high. We can have them anytime. This will help your brain really trust that it doesn't have to gorge itself on the food when you're high because realistically, if you wanted the food anytime, you'd be allowed to have it. So even if you're in a place and you're like, Leah, I I do allow all foods, but like I still binge, I would still encourage you to really ask yourself, like, am I truly allowing these foods or am I only allowing them under the condition of like, you know, you're high or like it's nighttime or it's the weekend or something? Because if you're binging on a food when you're high, it's very, very likely that that food isn't like fully and unconditionally being allowed when you're sober. So again, to summarize tip number one, incorporate your go-to high munchy foods when you're not high as well. My second tip is check in with your internal dialogue. Now, this is kind of hard to do because our internal dialogue is just always running. And so me telling you to check in with like what the voice in your head is saying can be kind of like a foreign experience. But I would invite you to just kind of like gently check into what your dialogue around munchies and cannabis sounds like. I know when I used to struggle with this, my dialogue around munchies was like, I'm high, so I'm allowed to go all out, like that kind of thing. And so I would encourage you to ask yourself, like, what are my thoughts and beliefs around what being high means about my food intake? Now, if you're coming from a place of something that sounds like, you know, I'm high, when I'm high, I'm allowed to go all out, like, or calories don't count when I'm munching or something like this. What I would say to you is like, 
sure, like you totally are allowed to eat as much as you want, whatever you want when you are high. But the question is, how do you feel in your body when you munch past comfortable fullness? Like, will it feel good to wake up still full from the night before because you had a high binge? Does it feel good, you know, if you're hanging with friends and suddenly you've eaten way past the point of comfortable fullness, does that feel good for you? Does that allow you to be present and engage with your friends or does it take you out of the moment? Remember that intuitive eating is all about eating for the way that you want to feel in your body. You get to make the choice like you are living in full agency. You are allowed to say like, I know I have the freedom to continue eating right now. And also, I know that if I continue eating right now, I will end up feeling uncomfortably stuffed. That's not how I want to choose to feel in my body tonight. I want to choose to feel comfortable so I can enjoy the rest of this experience that you enjoy the rest of this night. This is how I would encourage you to sort of like talk to yourself in these moments. Now, I know this is easier said than done. I know it's easier said than done to be like, I want to feel good in my body, so I'm going to choose to stop. As we continue moving through this episode, we're going to dive into a few more pieces that could be creating a barrier for you to just simply notice, oh, I'm starting to feel uncomfortable. I don't want to feel that way. So I'm going to stop. Like, I just want to name that I know that that is like so much easier said than done. And we are going to address some more reasons. But overall, I would just say it takes practice. It really takes practice. And all of these things are connected, right? It's much easier to say, oh, I'm noticing fullness coming on. I'm going to choose to stop because I don't want to end up feeling uncomfortable. It's much easier to have that dialogue with yourself if you allow your high foods all the time, right? Because then your brain isn't like, but we're never allowed to have these. Like it's the last supper mentality. So all of these pieces of advice that I'm giving you are connected and will ultimately add up to make this moment of being like, I'm choosing to stop eating because I want to remain comfortable in my body. All of these things that I'm sharing will will kind of contribute to making that moment possible and actually like within reason because I'm sure right now you're like, all right, Leah, that sounds crazy. And I just want to add that this one was really big for me, like in my own experience, healing my relationship with food while also using cannabis, I can really recall having some of these moments of sort of like self-talk, this like kind of like inner dialogue with myself of saying like, okay, Leah, you can totally continue eating right now. Like that's totally allowed because you're not in the diet mentality anymore. However, we can tell that there's some fullness coming on. Like this is me and my body talking to each other, right? We can tell that there's some fullness coming on and we know what happens when we eat past comfortable fullness. It tends to make us feel kind of sluggish and physically uncomfortable and sometimes even nauseous and ill. And we don't want to feel that way tonight. Like we're having so much fun vibing with our friends and we don't really want to feel sick right now. So like, yes, you can continue eating, but right now we're going to choose to stop so that we can continue having a pleasant and engaged experience tonight. I also just want to name that because you're living a life of choice as an intuitive eater, you are fully allowed to go the other way, right? Like sometimes you might say, I know I can choose to continue eating or I can choose to stop right now to to remain feeling comfortable. You can say, you know what? I'm going to choose to continue eating. I know I'm probably going to eat past fullness, but I'm okay with that. That is a viable choice for you too. The difference is we want it to be a conscious choice. If that's going to happen, we want you to have said to yourself, I recognize that if I continue eating, this will end up leaving me uncomfortable and I am okay with that. I'm choosing to continue engaging in this regardless. This is really cool because intuitive eating is not the hunger fullness diet. That means that you can continue eating if you are full. And that also means in reverse that like even if you're not hungry, you can choose to eat. Like you you don't need to rely on your hunger fullness cues as permission to eat or stop eating. Very cool part about intuitive eating. So if you are in that second boat where you're like, okay, I know that I maybe am not really even hungry right now, or I know that if I continue eating, I will probably end up in a situation past comfortable fullness. Um, There are some options for things you can do in that situation to help make it a little bit more comfortable. If you realize you aren't hungry, but want to eat because it'd just be like fun, like you're just like, that sounds like a fun thing to do while high. 
a tip I have for you is maybe opt for something that isn't as energy dense so you still get to enjoy the sensation of eating high without getting too stuffed very quickly. So for example, like something like popcorn or like fruit or even frozen fruit or pretzels, something like this could still really kind of like tickle your your taste buds in, in that way that we all love um, when high without being something that's like super, super energy dense and rich. So that's an option. But again, I want to remind you here that like if you do want something super energy dense and rich, again, that's fully allowed. You are in complete choice with intuitive eating. The options that I provided as something that's that would be a little bit less calorie dense or energy dense, but still kind of like tickle your senses. Those can be options if you kind of want like this middle ground where you're like, okay, I know I'm not hungry, but I want to kind of indulge my senses. What's something that I can have that would allow me to indulge my taste buds and my senses without ending up feeling very full very quickly? Oh, and another option for that, by the way, is a cup of tea. Sometimes just like sipping on a hot cup of tea can be the perfect thing to indulge your senses without really filling you up so much um, because tea isn't very energy dense at all. So the next piece here that I want to bring up is that intuitive eating is a self-care framework that combines instinct, emotion, and rational thought. So I've spoken about this in previous episodes, I think in previous listener question segments. And this is one of the official definitions of intuitive eating. Intuitive eating is often misunderstood. People often think intuitive eating is only about your instincts, right? It's only about your intuition. But that isn't true. The official definition of intuitive eating, as I just mentioned, is it's a self-care framework using instinct, emotion, and rational thought. So the rational thought is the part that I want to really focus in on right now. The rational thought part of your brain is the part that helps you kind of have perspective about whatever situation you're in. So a really, really common way I work with clients to integrate rational thought with their intuition and their emotions is to kind of look at their schedule for the day and maybe they see that they have like two back-to-back meetings or classes or whatever. And maybe that their intuition is saying or their instincts are saying, you know, we're not really hungry right now. But then their rational thought comes in and says, okay, even though you're not hungry right now, you have two back-to-back long meetings or classes or whatever. So rational thought can come in and sort of override the intuitive cues and say, we know that you're not hungry right now. However, from a place place of logical thinking and rational thought, we're going to choose to eat anyway. So we don't end up feeling ravenously hungry in like a few hours after we finally get out of our commitments. This is a really common example of how rational thought is used in the intuitive eating process. In this case, how I would recommend using rational thought is to kind of integrate it with that internal dialogue that we just chatted about. So say that you're eating while high and you know, you're like munching, you know, I don't know, whatever it is, your hands in the bag, it's in your mouth, it's in the bag, it's in your mouth. I would encourage you to pause at some point and just first check in and ask yourself, is this food even still tasting good? Because sometimes what happens is as you get full, one of the ways that your body kind of shows you that it's getting full and sends you those cues, one of the more subtle ways is that it starts to dull your taste buds and your senses. I think this is so cool like to notice that first bite when you're really hungry tastes mm, like it hits so hard, it tastes so good. But then as you become full, slowly your taste buds become dulled and the experience of eating becomes less pleasurable, which is sort of like a natural break mechanism for your body. However, many of us, because we come from a diet culture, aren't like tuned into the this kind of nuanced moment of the food going from tasting really good to it tasting just kind of like meh, mediocre because our taste buds are, are numbed or dulled. So I would encourage you to ask yourself, does the food even still taste good? So say you come to this moment of realizing the food isn't even still tasting good and you're like, okay, I I see that, but like in my heart, I still want to keep eating. What I, how I would encourage you to use the rational thought part of the intuitive eating framework is by saying to yourself, okay, I know that I am 
under the influence right now of a, of a substance that is altering my ability to connect with my cues. Okay. Like just reminding yourself of like that basic fact. I know that when I'm in this state, the mouthfeel of food can feel really, really exciting and difficult to kind of part with, difficult to put down the food. I also know that when I continue eating past my fullness cues, I end up feeling uncomfortable. So reminding yourself of this rational thought of just like the basic fact that like you are under the influence of something that's making it harder to hear your body's cues and harder to honor those body cues once they come to light. This can be a really simple step to just kind of like jolt yourself, right? And just kind of remind yourself what's going on and to bring yourself some perspective in the situation. And I know it might seem simple, like, yeah, Dalia, like I know I'm high and it's harder to stop, but incorporating this into your internal dialogue when you have those moments of checking in, of being like, how does the food still taste? How am I feeling in my body? Just incorporating that rational thought reminder of like, just kind of telling yourself, like if I was talking to myself, I'd be like, all right, Leah, just remember you are under the influence of a substance that alters your ability to communicate with your body's cues. So just keep that in mind as you're navigating choosing to continue eating or to stop. That can just be a really helpful kind of thing to throw in the mix with your internal dialogue to help you make eating decisions while in an altered state. Another tip that I have is asking yourself, what is my motivation behind getting high in the first place? So like, what is my why? Why do I even engage in this? And I think for everyone, it's different. Um, I think for me personally, it has a lot to do with just relaxing and unwinding and sort of like allowing my brain to access a different frequency every once in a while. I feel like that's personally helpful for my creativity, helpful for me to get perspective on things going on in my personal life. And so I would encourage you to ask yourself, if you're into journaling, maybe you could even journal this out. What's my why? What's my motivation behind getting high in the first place? So I'll share a little client story here. So actually just recently, I was speaking to a client and um, she's someone who uses edibles on a pretty regular basis. And she was struggling with exactly what this episode is about. She was struggling with binging while high. So we talked about like what we, we talked about her why. I asked her, why do you enjoy using edibles? And she said, Oh my gosh, it just like lets me relax and lets my mind go without thinking about anything else. And it, for her, it really, really came down to just being able to completely relax. And so we talked about then when she is high and is kind of faced with the decision whether or not um, to eat she can remind herself that sometimes eating while high becomes stressful for her. Like she said, she she shared in our session, sometimes she's like, I don't know, should I keep eating? Should I stop? Should I go back to sweet? Should I go back to salty? These kind of questions that manifest in her brain when she's high, almost like an overthinking. And so we talked about if her overall goal or overall intention with using edibles is to be able to relax, is eating while high serving that overall intention? And what she kind of came to through our session was like in her case, no, like eating while high actually like made the experience more stressful, at least right now for where she's at in her intuitive eating journey. And she's a current client. So, you know, she's still very much in the middle of her intuitive eating journey. And so that for her was a moment of realizing like, oh, eating while high is actually interfering with my ability to hear my body's cues. So for her, realizing that eating while high was actually getting in the way of her being able to relax and fully unwind peacefully without these sort of intrusive thoughts, for her, that realization was enough to kind of say, right now, she, you know, might want to take space from eating while high. Like, and as we talked about earlier in this episode, that is an option. You know, you can choose to have a nice big meal before you you use cannabis so that you know you're biologically nourished and you won't have to think about it while you're high until it wears off. And, um, and that's an option. So to summarize this step, ask yourself, why am I doing this in the first place? What is my motivation? And then ask yourself, 
is eating while high serving my overall goal? And maybe it's that right now, it's not serving your overall goal, but maybe with time and with practice on your intuitive eating journey, you can get there. By the way, you definitely can get there. It, it just takes time and practice as I shared with my own story. Okay, so this next tip I personally think is one of the most helpful and most revolutionary, which is why I kind of saved it towards the end because I think that all of the other ones are a bit more kind of straightforward and simple and maybe like not such hot takes. But this one I feel like is really, really helpful. I'm just going to toot my own horn here and say I'm about to give you a very helpful tip. Okay. So being high makes your senses heightened, right? Like we all know this. So oftentimes the desire to engage in eating while high is a desire to experience that part of being stoned, which is having heightened senses. It's really cool in a way. Like, you know, maybe you can think back to the first time you smoked weed and got high and ate something and really, really experienced that like heightened taste while under the influence of weed. Um, I, I can't, I'm trying to think if I can remember that for myself. I really can't remember like the first time, but it definitely is significant. Like food really does taste different when you are high and there's no denying that. So oftentimes the brain is seeking a way to get to experience the altered senses, namely the heightened senses while high. And let me remind you that eating is not the only way to experience heightened senses while high. There are so many other senses besides taste. So let me give you some examples. Maybe you want to hold a hot cup of tea. We actually talked about this already and connect to the temperature, the the touch and the temperature, and maybe even the smell, the aroma of the tea. That is one option for stimulating your senses and experiencing the heightened senses while high. Maybe you want to self-massage. Maybe you want to kind of massage your temples or your shoulders or your feet um, or use a massage gun. Or maybe you have a friend that you can kind of switch off giving each other massages or a partner. This is a way to connect to touch and to connect to your body even. Maybe you want to take a hot shower or a bath. Again, another opportunity for connecting to your senses and the feeling of the water on your skin. Maybe you want to light a candle or use some essential oils to kind of activate your um, your sense of smell. Another option for connecting to your senses could be self-pleasure or intimate pleasure with a partner if that's something that is currently a part of your life. Um, Another option could be listening to music or dancing, connecting with the rhythm and the sound of the music and the feeling of dancing and moving your body through space. Those are all options and there are so many more. Those are just some options for other ways to connect to your senses while you are experiencing one of the effects of cannabis, which is heightened senses, which is a really cool effect in my opinion. So again, kind of giving you some internal dialogue to use if you are in the moment of being kind of like, okay, I am high and I'm not necessarily hungry right now, yet I can tell that my body is craving the experience of my heightened senses while I'm in this state. Okay, so what are some other options that I can satisfy that need right now for my body? What are some other ways that I can get to experience my senses in this altered state, in this heightened state? This could be something that you kind of create a list of so you have some ideas so that when you're high, you're not like drawing a blank. Um, And again, this is one of my favorite tips because I think it's just kind of underrated that if we just look at this simply like, yeah, of course we want to munch when we're high because it's a really cool experience to feel our sense of taste heightened. And also we have other senses that are also heightened when high that we can indulge without feeling uncomfortably stuffed. So these are all options. I want to add here that none of these things are meant to be distractions, right? It's not like, oh, you're hungry, just kind of distract yourself and take a bath or, you know, listen to music or dance. No, if you end up choosing to 
eat while high, again, that's a fully okay option. You are always reminding you, you are living a life of choice. You are entitled to do that. You have body autonomy. You can choose to eat while high. But the reason I offer these other options for ways to connect to your senses is because if you come to realize that, oh, eating while high doesn't feel so comfortable for you, or if you come to realize that you're not actually hungry, but you still want to engage other senses, these are all options. I've kind of seen some mainstream advice on how to manage the, the munchies that says like distract yourself. And I think that that's kind of how do I say this? I think that that's kind of like lazy advice. Like, oh, just like read a book or like watch TV or do an art project. And it's like, that's putting a bandaid over the problem. I don't think that's a, that's actually getting to the root of solving the unmet need that you're experiencing when you're noticing yourself want to turn to food when you're high. All of that being said, I think that there is a level of like kind of healthy distraction that could be a part of how you navigate dealing with the desire to eat past comfortable fullness when high. Um, and we're going to go into that right now, how how I kind of, the, the, the one example really that I think distraction could be useful in. So when you're eating, this can happen by the way, when you're not high too, when you're eating and something is really good, like it's just hitting, it's tasting so good, it's so pleasurable. And you come to notice, oh, I'm starting to get full. When you're an intuitive eater, especially in the beginning of your intuitive eating journey, that moment of noticing a fullness cue when something is so delicious and pleasurable can be a little sad because it's like, oh man, like I'm getting full. Like I don't have to stop, but I I think I want to stop because that would make, you know, be a way to honor my body. But this kind of sucks because this food tastes so good and I wish I didn't have to stop. I, I wish I could keep eating. This is a really normal process and sort of a normal kind of like thought process in the intuitive eater's journey. And sometimes we refer to this as the concept of the sadness of saying enough. There can be like a level of almost like low grade grief that comes with the moment of realizing like, oh my gosh, this like delicious meal is coming to an end. And I'm a little sad about it because it was really good and really pleasurable And I wish that I was still feeling hunger so I could keep enjoying this. What I would encourage you to do in these moments, and I know these moments can be heightened when high because like if something tastes really good when you're sober and you're sad to stop, then oh my God, if something tastes really good and you're high and those senses are heightened, you probably might even, the sadness might feel more intense and therefore it might feel more difficult to stop. So what I would what what I would encourage you to remind yourself in these moments where you kind of are at a cross crossroads where you're like okay I am feeling sad I could either try to avoid feeling that sadness by continue eating or I can let myself feel the sadness and allow it to the emotion to move through me. These are kind of your two choices, right? When you're at that crossroads, those are kind of your two choices. So what I would encourage you to remind yourself is, yes, I'm feeling sad right now and it's okay to feel sad. The experience of feeling sad will probably pass in like, I don't know, a few minutes, maybe like five, 10 minutes max. However, the experience of feeling uncomfortably stuffed because I've eaten past my fullness cues will be something that will last probably the rest of the night and maybe even into the next morning. So posing that question to yourself and saying like, do I want to face a little bit of discomfort and sadness for you know a very short term, maybe five, 10 minutes until I kind of mourn the fact that this eating experience is over? Or do I want to choose to feel a level of discomfort that will last probably like hours into the night, maybe will even will affect my sleep if it's a really severe binge, and maybe even will still be felt the next morning again if it's a really severe binge. Posing the question to yourself like that could be a really helpful way to just kind of lay out the options in front of yourself and really do a little cost-benefit analysis of either option. So this is where the, the helpful distraction comes in. If you notice that you are sad and you're going to choose to stop eating, 
what might be helpful to kind of help encourage the sadness to run through you and pass through is to move on to doing something else, to maybe put away whatever snack you're eating, clean it up. um, And maybe you want to start watching a show or talking to a friend, or maybe you want to have a nice bath or shower or massage session, any of these other things. So how I see it, this can be a helpful way to use distraction to kind of, it's like a kid, right? Like say a kid is like being dropped off at summer camp and they're crying because they're sad that they're going to miss their parents. And then the counselor is like, come here, like, let's go, you know, play with this ball or meet these other people in the bunk. That's like helpful distraction, right? So you can kind of think of it like that. Like think of yourself like a little kid who's sad because something just happened and you're going to kind of like be your own counselor and do something fun for yourself to get your mind off of it. Okay. Last piece here, I'm saying last piece, but like there's a few more pieces. One of the last pieces here is posing yourself this question. I would encourage you to reflect on your past experiences of eating while high and also like you have this question floating in your brain for your future experiences of eating while high. I would encourage you to ask yourself, do I even like eating when high? Okay, this question sounds kind of strange, right? Because everyone's like, yeah, obviously we like eating while high. Like munchies cause us to feel more pleasure when eating. So obviously we like eating while high. This is sort of like a societally accepted norm, right? Like people enjoy food more when they are stoned. But kind of like diet culture, you don't have to agree with everything that the greater culture is feeding you. Like you get to stop and choose, is this even true for me? So I didn't share this part of my experience because I wanted to save it to the end till we got to this part of the episode. But what I've ultimately come to realize through doing this intuitive eating work and reflecting on my eating experiences while high is that I actually don't like to eat big meals when high. So like, I think I can, so I think I can recall the first moment that I realized this. Um, I think I was eating sushi and I was so excited. I like got high before and was like, oh, I'm going to love this sushi. But then like while I was eating it, I was like, whoa, this I was just thinking so hard about it. And like the seaweed, I was so like hyper aware of like the texture of the seaweed and all the different the fish and stuff that it actually kind of ruined the experience for me. And I was like, whoa, I actually think I would have enjoyed this more if I was sober. And so that was like a really big shift for me of realizing I don't like to eat certain meals while high, but I do still enjoy certain snacks while high. So I still enjoy like dessert while high or like certain kind of like savory snacks or I really like fruit when I'm high. I I think I just feel like really like connected to it. And I, I often have this high thought of like, oh my gosh, like this grape or this strawberry literally just came from the earth and it is so sweet and delicious. It's just like candy of the earth. Like, whoa, that is so cool. So I don't know, something about eating foods that very immediately come from nature. Ultimately, all foods come from nature. Some are just like processed more from their original state. And if you know me at all, as an intuitive eating dietitian, you know that I fully believe there's no shame in eating processed foods. With that being said, I just notice personally when I'm high, I have like an extra appreciation and fascination with specifically fresh fruit. That being said, again, sometimes when I'm high, I eat like gas station snacks. I don't know. (laughs) Anything goes. The first person I ever heard say that they didn't like eating when high was actually one of my best friends and um, my college. We were roommates in college for like a few years. One of my best friends from college, whatever. She is someone who's so naturally in touch and so naturally an intuitive eater. It's really cool for me to meet her in college and just kind of watch her because I was just like, whoa, like she just eats whatever she wants and she stops when she's full. She was like an unbelievable specimen to me. Um, And hi, if you're listening to this, um, I love you. And she knows all of this. I've told her this, that like she really was a huge part of my intuitive eating journey. She was one of the first people who I was like, whoa, when we were high, she was like, it freaks me out to eat when high. Like I think about it too much. I like overanalyze the texture in my mouth and I just don't like it. And that was like so powerful for me to realize 
she's like defying the cultural norm on this. She's saying, I know people love munchies and munchies are a thing, but I'm choosing not to engage in this because it doesn't feel good for me in my life. And this was so hard for me to fathom because when we were roommates like early on in college and I was still kind of struggling with this, I was like, how do you not want to like munch your face off with me right now? Like, and it bothered me in a way because I was like, just so kind of jealous that she was able to respect what her body was telling her while she was high. And so she was, again, she was my the first person in my life to really like defy that. But since I've definitely encountered some people who are like, oh, I just prefer not to eat when high. And so I share this because I want to remind you that that is an option. You can come to realize that despite the cultural norm of supposedly loving eating while high, you are an individual and you get to choose if that is also true for you or not. It's really cool stuff, right? Being an intuitive eater, so much autonomy, so much freedom. And in in all of that is so much power in deciding what all of these things mean for you and your world. It's very cool. For the last little segment, um, I'm going to read some questions because this was a solo episode. We didn't do any listener questions because I can only talk at you for so long here. Um, And instead, I have some questions that came through my Instagram audience. I pulled them on this topic asking, what are your specific questions on cannabis and intuitive eating? And I just... I answered a lot of the questions throughout the episode, um, but I have a few here that I'm going to answer specifically that we didn't quite hit on throughout the episode. So the first one, someone said, I feel like edibles make all my wants come to the surface. How do I choose? Great question. A place to start for this would be to ask yourself, okay, am I craving crunchy? Am I craving smooth? Am I craving cold? Am I craving hot? Am I craving something salty? Am I craving something sweet? Posing yourself these questions can be a helpful way to narrow it down and also a really helpful practice, again, even when you're not stoned, to connect to your body's preferences and to better satisfy your cravings. So that's where I would start with that. Um, I might also like make a list of all the things that sound good and just kind of look at it and be like, okay, what would be most exciting for me right now? And this question goes back to making sure that the things that come to the surface, these wants that you speak of, (laughs) these wants that come to the surface, I would really, really check in and make sure are these things that I'm allowing when I'm not high to. And if they aren't, I would really make an effort to make sure that you are incorporating those things when you're not high as well so that you can feel satisfaction and excitement from food all the time, not just when you're high. Okay, next question. How do I navigate the desire to make every stone meal an indulgent binge? Another amazing question. And it goes back to so much of what we spoke about in this episode. Remind yourself that Every high meal can be an indulgent binge, but the question is, is that the way you want to feel in your body? Do you want to feel uncomfortably stuffed? Will that serve your ultimate why of using cannabis in the first place? Will that allow you to stay engaged and to enjoy the experience? These are all questions that I want you to pose to yourself. And the truth is that like the answer might change from time to time. Maybe sometimes you're like, okay, this high, I want to be an indulgent binge. But like the next time I get high, you know, the circumstances might be different for whatever reason. And that time I'm going to choose to say to myself, I don't want to feel the way I feel in my body when I binge. So I'm going to choose not to go there this time. Reminding yourself that you are living a life of choice. Again, sort of the theme of this episode, you can go the direction of of an indulgent binge, but also you don't have to choose that. You have the power to choose and say, "Mm -mm, not today. That's not, that wouldn't serve me. That wouldn't feel good. I don't have to only have this, indulgent binge because I am high. And again, with this question, it also goes back to so much of what we spoke about earlier in this episode of like, are you allowing the foods that you want to quote unquote indulgently binge on um, 
when you're sober as well. It also goes back to the point of, are you using smoking weed as a permission slip? Are you only allowing yourself indulgent indulgent foods when you're under the influence of cannabis? If so, can you integrate those into your life um, other times as well? So as to help your brain realize that these aren't just allowed when high, but rather they're always allowed. Okay. So next question, my mouth feels hungry and happy eating. How do I stop? This is really going to come down to that question of, or to that concept of the sadness of saying enough. So there might be a grieving period of being like, oh my gosh, this feels so good in my mouth and I just feel sad to stop. So there might be a little moment of sadness where you have to honor that and allow yourself a little space to be sad. And from there, you can choose to either use a helpful distraction Or if you decide that I don't want to feel the sadness, I'm choosing to continue eating so that I don't feel the sadness. Again, you are in a life of choice, you have full autonomy, and you can do that as well. And the last question we have here is, how do I navigate social pressures to participate in high eating when I'm not actually hungry? This is a great question. So what do you do if you're like hanging out with a bunch of friends and they're all like, oh, like we're munching so hard right now. Like, why don't you join us? You're so boring or something like that. You can try to start by saying something as simple as, I'm actually not hungry right now. Or you might even say like, I actually don't like eating when high. Like I know most people do, but from my own self-reflection, I've realized that it doesn't feel good for me and it doesn't serve me. Those are options for what you can say. And if your friends get upset and they try to convince you to eat and they're like, oh, why are like, you know, that's so lame or whatever. Just remember that if they're saying things like that, It's likely that they are struggling with their own relationships with food because if you have a solid relationship with food, you don't really care what other people are doing. You're not like trying to convince other people around you to eat something or to not eat something. You're just like minding your own business because you're only really eating in alignment with what your body's saying. Um, So I would remind you that those people in those social situations who are pressuring you to eat when high, when you're not actually hungry, likely are struggling with their own relationship with food. And if you have the bandwidth to kind of send some heart energy of compassion to them, I think that could be helpful in those moments of just like reminding yourself, okay, you know, the fact that they're saying these things, it's saying a lot more about their relationship with food than it's saying about mine. And like validating that it can feel uncomfortable to be pressured and also reminding yourself that you don't have to choose to go against your body's cues in order to comply with the greater social social situation. You don't have to do that. Um, you know, and if people are uncomfortable with that, then that's more on them than it is on you. All amazing questions. You guys, I really loved this episode. What I want to leave you with is have compassion with yourself on this process. Again, intuitive eating in an altered state is like advanced intuitive eater status, right? It's difficult enough coming from a history of dieting to get to a place where you're eating in alignment with your body's cues without adding in a substance that puts you in an altered state. But when you add in a substance that puts you in an altered state, it's like a whole other layer to making this difficult. So just remind yourself of that and please have compassion with yourself on this journey. I'll leave you with this one last client story. So I had a client who again, very much using cannabis was part of her life. And she got really upset because she was doing so good in her, or she was feeling so good in her intuitive eating journey. She was really in a flow and feeling really clear on her body's cues and really able to honor her body's cues and stop when she's full and detect hunger signals and all these beautiful things. And we had a follow-up session and she came feeling pretty bummed, feeling like she backslid and she spiraled because she had a few high binges. What I shared with her was she has so much more practice eating in a sober state than she does eating while in this altered state of being high. Because in the time that we'd been working together and it had only been like maybe like two months at this point, she had probably only used cannabis like a handful of times, whereas she was sober most of the time. So all of that to say, her practice with hearing her body's cues while sober was much stronger than her practice with hearing her body's cues while under the influence of cannabis. 
So be compassionate with yourself. This journey takes time and it might take longer than you think. As long as you can stay curious about why things are happening and stay reflective and stay compassionate with yourself, you will be able to grow from your experiences when you eat past comfortable fullness while hot, while stoned. And you'll be able to take the information and move forward with it and hopefully use it to better inform your eating decisions while stoned in the future. I really, really hope this episode was helpful for you. If it was helpful for you and if you have a friend who is someone who maybe you smoke weed together or is just someone in your life who you know struggles with this, I would highly encourage you to share this episode because again, I think that this topic is not being spoken about enough and you deserve to be able to use cannabis for whatever reasons you use it for without being burdened by the experience of feeling so uncomfortably full in your body. You deserve that peace. You deserve that pleasure. And I really, really hope that this episode helps you move closer to that relationship with food and that relationship with cannabis. Oh my gosh. I don't think I've ever talked solo for that long. Maybe I have like when I've given presentations and stuff, but this is episode again is such a dream come true for me. I'm so glad that we were able to do this and it's gonna, the little outro is gonna play in a second and it's gonna tell you that if you like this episode, please share with a friend, rate, review, whatever. I'm just gonna tell tell you live now here. If you like this episode, it would really, really mean so much to me if you can drop some stars on iTunes or leave a little review. And of course, sharing it with a friend is a great way to support the podcast as well because it allows this message to reach more people. Thank you so much for being here and thanks for hanging with me through our first solo episode. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I will see you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, if it inspired you, if you learned something, it would mean so much to me if you rated it and reviewed it. And if you feel called to, share it with someone who it might resonate with. You can find me on Instagram at leahkern.rd. You can also join my weekly newsletter by visiting leahkernrd.com. And I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.